Greetings, and welcome to SLIS's Spring 2011 Colloquia, a program now in our 10th consecutive semester, brought to you by your School of Library and Information Science here at San Jose State University. I am Dr. Anthony Bernier, and along with Dale David, our technical producer, we are offering this series as part of our school's vision to be recognized as a leader in graduate education in library and information science. Before I introduce today's colloquium speaker, a few announcements. First, please look for new colloquia presentations on the SLIS website throughout the spring term, where you will also find an archive of our previous recorded presentations on the SLIS homepage at sliseweb.sjsu.edu. We also offer our colloquia as free podcasts. Details on how to access these presentations, either through RSS feeds or the iTunes store, can be found on the school's colloquia page. The SLIS colloquia can also be viewed via Blip TV, the popular video sharing website. The SLIS Blip TV channel can be accessed at sjsuslis.blip.tv. For our SLIS students, I would like to encourage you to visit a special website detailing the many social networking opportunities the school offers for you to connect virtually and otherwise with other SLIS students. It's our own SJSU SLIS social networking wiki where you'll find all your favorite networking resources, Ning, MySpace, LinkedIn, Google Groups, Flickr, Facebook, DGO, among others. The school also maintains another wiki called Cool Web 2.0 Tools, which offers a way for you to share and learn about the rapidly changing information resources you'll want to know about for classes, socializing, and a variety of other applications. While these previous announcements were intended primarily for our SLIS students, I also have a few items to share with everyone in the SLIS community. As you may know, the school maintains a robust profile at our professional association conferences and meetings. So I'd like to call your attention to the school's upcoming professional conference appearances at this spring's professional events. SLIS's reception at the Ontario Library Association, OLA, is scheduled for Thursday, February 3, 2011, from 6 to 8 o'clock p.m. at the Intercontinental Hotel in Toronto, Canada. SLIS's reception at the ACRL conference, the Association of College and Research Libraries, will be held on Thursday, March 31, 2011, from 4 o'clock to 6 p.m. at the Pyramid Club in Philadelphia. And SLIS will be back in Philadelphia hosting a luncheon reception at the SLA Conference Special Libraries Association on Monday, June 13, from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., also at Philadelphia's Pyramid Club. SLIS's ALA reception will be hosted on Saturday, June 25, from 4 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. in New Orleans. SLIS will host a reception at SAA Conference, the Society of American Archivists, on Thursday, August 25, 2011, from 5 to 7 p.m. on the 80th floor 
of the Mid-America Club in Chicago. And in addition to our famous receptions and social events, SLIS will also host exhibits at the May 2011 Canadian Library Association in Halifax, Nova Scotia, the World Library uh, and Information Congress, and IFLA General in San Juan, Puerto Rico in August, the American Society for Information Science and Technology, ACIST, in New Orleans, Louisiana in October. Of course, you will find all the details on these and upcoming events and experiences on our school's webpage. The faculty hopes you see, uh, to see you at these professional conferences and encourages you to take the opportunity to become better acquainted with us as well as to meet up with classmates, friends, and colleagues. We hope you enjoy our spring colloquia, uh, all these presentations, and thank you for helping make the series such a success. What a pleasure and a delight for me to introduce today's colloquia speaker. She has run a nightclub, worked as a wardrobe mistress for the Berkeley Ballet, was an agent for a stand-up comedian, and played Snow White and Mother Goose at Children's Fairyland in Oakland. But for most of the past quarter century, what has made Penny Peck renowned is her leading role as a consummate children's librarian. She has performed thousands of story times, led hundreds of book club discussions, conducted hundreds of school tours, and appeared at countless assemblies. She's reviewed children's books and media, conducted performer showcase for uh, auditioning library entertainment, and edits Bay News, the newsletter for the Association of Children's Librarians of Northern California. In 2002, Sliss was fortunate to recruit her as a part-time instructor for the benefit of students and the profession more generally, where she specializes in classes on youth services and programming. In what remains of her frantic and crazed days, she has published three books on children's services, all of them with Libraries Unlimited, Crash Course in Children's Services in 2006, Crash Course in Summertime uh, Storytime Fundamentals in 2008, and her most recent title was published just last year, Reader's Advisory for Children and Tweens. And she is here with us today to share her insights from that most recent publication with her uh, presentation today called Reader's Advisory for Children and Tweens in the Digital Age. Please join with me and the rest of the SLIS faculty in welcoming to the colloquia podium, Ms. Penny Peck. Well, thanks to everyone for attending this presentation. We plan to have fun and fly through lots of reading suggestions that should meet the needs of a wide variety of tweens. Basically, what we're going to cover today is the importance of reader's advisory, how this relates to the core competencies, reader's advisory tips, some digital resources, new tween titles by genre, how to determine read-alikes, and books for reluctant readers, including boys. Um, basically, recreational reading is what we're covering today, not books for homework. And when I talk about tweens, I usually mean uh, children ages um, 9 to 13 or grades 4 to 8. One of the bedrocks of library service to youth is Reader's Advisory, from back in the day of catalog cards to now when we're in the digital age. Children often ask for help in finding a good book, 
meaning one that will hold their interest, not be too easy or too difficult to read, and even though there are some web-based tools we can use for reader's advisory, I believe children and teens still need some help from us. The choices in a library can be a bit overwhelming for many youth, and they may need help even in mastering the basics of the card catalog. As a native Californian who's a child of parents who are also native Californian, I can attest that there's very few school librarians at the elementary level. And so, in some exceptions, of course, but that means the public librarians and library staff need to do a lot to help the schools who are run by an aide or a parent, and they can't always keep up in trends in children's literature or reader's advisory. Hopefully, they can view this presentation and learn some new tricks. Schools have been very diligent in promoting recreational reading with programs like Sustained Silent Reading Time, so we're going to go over some of the digital tools that will help teachers and library staff find books children will enjoy. So, children's librarians at the public library often help teachers and school library staff with reading lists and other tools to help schools find out what children would enjoy for recreational reading. At the public library, we also conduct class visits to check out books, and we offer engaging summer reading programs to encourage recreational reading. And so doing reader's advisory is an essential element of those programs. Finally, there is a clear digital divide across the nation. So many children cannot access those digital reader's advisory tools unless they visit the public library, where they can use the computer and the internet. While they are there, they'll ask for help in how to use a website like Book Adventure and how to find books they'll enjoy reading. So it's clear we still need to be adept at Reader's Advisory. I'm going to go over more about Book Adventure in just a minute. As the Youth Services Librarian, you're also a manager and a trainer. So even though you might not work directly with children very often, you train and evaluate the wonderful support staff who do. So you need to know those newer digital resources for Reader's Advisory so you can help in that staff training. Also, knowing the trends in children's books will assist you in collection development so that you have the most current books in demand by children and tweens. Now, how Reader's Advisory relates to core competencies. The Reader's Advisory skills that are inherent to the core competencies um, include Letter C, recognize the social, cultural, and economic dimensions of information youth. Youth culture changes rapidly, so it's important that we keep up with what children and teens want to read. So books will be con continue to be a part of their social and cultural lives. And also the core competency H, where you demonstrate proficiency in the use of current information and technologies as they affect resources. The digital reader's advisory tools can help you keep current in what we offer in the way of books and reading. Also, ALA has their own competencies. The Association of Library Service to Children, a division of the American Library Association, has a list of competencies for librarians serving children in public libraries. It's at this website listed on the PowerPoint presentation. This list has an entire section on knowledge of materials, encouraging librarians to maintain a collection that meets the need of their young users. Often this still means books, knowing what book will appeal to which child so we have something for everyone. 
Reader's Advisory Tips and Tricks with Tweens. Many of you have some experience with Reader's Advisory, the basic questions to ask, ways of finding books to meet a student's interest once you've figured out what those interests are. If you're totally new to Reader's Advisory, it's covered in detail in my book, and we don't have time to go into that much detail today. But you can also look at the handout titled Tips on Conducting a Successful Reader's Advisory Interview for more on how to do a Reader's Advisory. And I have three handouts, in fact, that are going to be available on this website. Um, A common question would be, what did you read recently that you liked? And once you find out what that is, you can determine read-alikes or books in the same genre, such as mystery, fantasy, and so forth. I'm going to go more into this in a bit. Another common question is, do you have a favorite series? And if you find that out, there's a website maintained by the Mid-Continent Public Library, and it is on the handout on great websites to use. That's part of this lecture. And you go to that site, you can find out other series that are related. You can find out in which order the books come in a series because a lot of children are very um, regimented that they like to read books in order. Another common question is to ask what grade are you in because you can't just tell by a student's height. And another question I ask is what's your favorite TV show or a movie you've seen recently because maybe you can find a book that that movie was based on Or if it's just a a general movie that was a comedy, you can offer humorous books like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Once you've talked to the student and asked some of those reader's advisory questions, you usually will get the following responses. You can find out new popular tween novels in their favorite genre, read-alikes of their favorite series, and then you go to this website I mentioned earlier, Um, What grade are you in? And books for reluctant readers. And we're going to go over those now in this next segment. Once you do the reader's advisory interview, you might find that students like a particular genre of fiction. And if that is the case, then you look for another mystery, fantasy, sports novel, adventure story, historical fiction, and so forth. So to do that, one of the best digital tools to use is bookadventure.com. It is free to use. It's maintained by the Sylvan Learning. You don't have to register to use it. It's very easy to use. And you can see a screen cap here. You go to their site put in the grade level. In my example, I put in fifth grade. And then you pick some of the subjects. I picked funny and ethnic studies. You can pick up to five subjects. And then you get a list of results, which looks like this. And you get a whole list of books that meet those criteria. So it's a way to find other books in that genre if you don't know um, the books in your library that well. Maybe you're a new substitute or you're the reference librarian covering the children's desk. This is a great way to find it. This digital tool, bookadventure.com, is also one that I show tweens how to use. And they really like it. They almost go to it automatically as a video game. It's very fun and easy. Uh, Another tool people often use is Novelist. This is not free. It's a paid database. But many public libraries have this database. You type in the title of a book, and it will give you books that are similar, read-alikes. 
Most of the public libraries I surveyed had Novelist as one of their paid databases. I went to a school library staff orientation in the Bay Area uh, last fall, and I did an a informal survey, and none of them had t paid databases. But, of course, many of the library staff or volunteers had their public library card. They could go to the public library website and access Novelist. And then another thing you could try is Amazon.com. When you go to Amazon and you type in the name of that child's favorite book, it'll give you a list of other books that were purchased at the same time. Now, a lot of times they're not read-alikes, but they are ones that will appeal to the same interests of that child. So that's another way you can do it. Here's a picture of Novelist. But also, public libraries put a lot of good book lists on their sites. Not all libraries. These are two of my favorites. Was Multnomah County Library had a lot of great sites. New York Public Library, of course. And then there's several others. So you can always try those for books um, to recommend either in genres or as read-alikes. Now, we're going to move on to trends in new books in these different genres. If you find out a student's favorite genre is adventure, then this is a new series, Dormia, by Jake Halpern and Peter Kujawinski. And it's about a boy named Alfonso who has the power to accomplish great feats during sleepwalking. A very common uh, genre is mystery stories. And one of the newest popular mysteries that just came out is called Ghost, Ghost of Crutchfield Hall by Mary Downing Hahn, a Victorian Gothic ghost story from the author of Wait Till Helen Comes. An orphan named Florence goes to live with an uncle's family where their dead daughter, Sophia's ghost, haunts them. Historical fiction is always popular, and teachers really like it too because you often can use historical fiction for book reports. Um, two of the new ones that I really like that came out just a few months ago are Woods Runner by Gary Paulson. Um, it ha Some people think it's too violent, but I think it's actually a very realistic depiction of the kind of uh, violence that happened during the American Revolution. In this story, a boy named Samuel is searching for his parents who were captured by British soldiers. Turtle in Paradise by Jennifer Holm is set in 1935 in Florida, and a girl named Turtle is sent to live with her cousins, all boys, who earn money babysitting. The episodic chapters are very funny with lots of references to old movies and pop culture of that time period. Two other good historical fiction you can recommend are The Water Seeker by Kimberly Holt about a boy growing up during a wagon train to Oregon territory in this novel filled with innocent romance and some death, which was normal for, for that time. Countdown by Deborah Wiles has been called a documentary fiction, and it's set during the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962, where a middle school girl describes how fear influenced everyday life during the two weeks of that Cuban Missile Crisis. Fantasy, of course, is still very popular. It started uh, really going up in popularity due to Harry Potter. Cabinet of Wonders and the Celestial Globe by Marie Rutkowski. Uh, they're set in Renaissance Prague about a girl named Petra who assists her father, an inventor with magical powers. Scumble is the, sequel, is the sequel to a book named Savvy, and Savvy is due out as a movie this summer. And it's about a family, and each person receives their magical power on their 13th birthday. 
In Scumble, Ledge must learn to control his savvy, which is the ability to make things fall apart destructively. Another really popular fantasy you can recommend is Red Pyramid by Rick Reardon, who's famous for the Percy Jackson series. And Red Pyramid is about Dr. Kane, who accidentally unleashes an Egyptian god, so his children must help rescue their father. The Invisible Order is a new series by Paul Criley. It's Victorian-style mystery fantasy adventure. And that what's nice is there's a boy and a girl as the two main characters. Emily and her younger brother, William, must battle invisible fairy creatures who live beneath London while planning to take over the city. You might have a student who's asked for something that's realistic and contemporary. And these are two new books that are my favorite from this past few months. Crunch by Leslie Connor is a crunchy granola family comedy. The parents are away due to um, an emergency gas shortage, and the kids run the very popular bicycle repair shop in the shed next to their house. As Easy as Falling Off the Face of the Earth by Lynn Ray Perkins, a boy is stranded when his train leaves and his summer camp is closes unexpectedly, so he goes on a long road trip involving a trucker, a stolen boat, and more in this sweet adventure tale. Sometimes it's difficult to figure out what's new in children's literature, but one way is to a digital tool we can use is the free webinar. Booklist Magazine offers one-hour free webinars on various topics, including new children's and teen books. Go to booklistonline.com and click on webinars along the bar at the top. There, you can register for free upcoming webinars and go to the archive and view past webinars. On this February 22nd, there's a webinar on new children's books. Now, once you've talked to the child and figured out what a favorite book of theirs is, you want to find read-alikes. This can be one of the more difficult aspects of Reader's Advisory, unless you do it all the time. We mentioned using Amazon.com, Novelist, or Book Adventure. But I also have some lists of some of the newest, most popular books that I get asked for as read-alikes. And there's a handout on read-alikes, too, attached to the website. So, so some of the new read-alikes you might get asked for are read-alikes of Diary of a Wimpy Kid by Jeff Kinney. Very popular book. The movie came out last summer and was not popular, but the books are still bestsellers. So if you have kids asking for Diary of a Wimpy Kid books and they've read all those and want something new, offer the books by Dave Pilkey. His newest in the Captain Underpants series is The Adventures of Ook and Gluck, Kung Fu Caveman of the Future. Uh, of course, Baby Mouse, the series by Jennifer L. Holm and her brother Matthew Holm, is very popular. And it's about a little girl mouse in pink and black with a very active imagination. Other Diary of a Wimpy Kid read-alikes include Confessions of a Former Bully by Trudy Ludwig. As punishment for being a bully, a girl writes a scrapbook-style book on bullying with helpful advice and websites done in a style that gets the message across. Stone Rabbit is a series by Eric Craddock. It's graphic novel style for grades 3 to 6 about an intergalactic rabbit. Other Wimpy Kid read-alikes include Big Nate in a Class by Himself by Lincoln Pierce. It's based on a popular comic strip about a sixth-grade boy with a positive attitude. 
Another good one is My Life is a Book by J- Janet Tashjian. A reluctant reader named Derek has to read three books over summer vacation, but he would rather investigate an old mystery surrounding a girl that drowned ten years before. And it has lots of stick figure drawings like Wimpy Kid. And then uh, finally, two other Wimpy Kid read-alikes is Noonie's Masterpiece by Lisa Railsback. It's the diary of a girl done in full color who misses her late mother and her father's away traveling on business and she lives with relatives. Max Finder Mysteries are by Craig Battle, and kids know this character from the comic in Owl Magazine, where readers help solve a mystery like Encyclopedia Brown. And there's 10 mystery comics collected in each volume. Even though he's been around a long time, Harry Potter is still a popular book we get asked for, and Rita likes for those who've read everything in the series. If you have a student who likes Harry Potter, automatically... Anything by Diane Wynne-Jones, including, oh, I misspelled that, Diane Wynne, Diana Wynne-Jones. She has a new book out, Enchanted Glass. Professor Andrew Hope inherits his magician grandfather's house in England, where a boy named Aiden comes to help with supernatural memories. Now, if you have Twilight fans, or read a like for Twilight is Lauren Kate's series that started with Fallen, and now there's a new book out called Torment. And it's about a girl named Lucinda who's sent to reform school after the death of her boyfriend. But soon she realizes there are supernatural forces to blame. A romance with Daniel's added to the mix, and this is good for older tweens and teens. If you have students who are fans of the Penderwick series, then offer the Bellwether books by Kristen C. Venuti, Leaving the Bellwethers, and The Butler Gets a Break. The Butler is the narrator about this eccentric family. Spiderwick Chronicles is also still popular, and if you get asked for that, try The Candleman by Glenn Dakin, and Lemony Snicket books. That series by uh, Daniel Handler ended a few years ago, but they're still really popular, and kids still want more books like them. Snarky, mystery, gothic books. And Nathaniel Flood, Beastologist, by R.L. Lefevre is a good companion to Snicket. Another good one is by two sisters, Kate and Sarah Kleiss, 43 Old Cemetery Road. They're really funny. Um, uh, They're told in a series of letters with cartoon drawings about a grumpy children's book author who shares a house with a boy named Seymour. The house is haunted by Olive C. Spence, There's lots of puns and humor, and a little bit scary if you're eight or nine years old. Our next segment we're going to go over are books for reluctant readers. Now, reluctant readers often like books that were turned into films, books with lots of cartoon illustrations, graphic novels. They also tend to like nonfiction, or what we call boy books, with lots of action, a boy protagonist, and so forth. So... If you're looking for books for reluctant readers, look for books that were recently made into films, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the last Harry Potter movies coming out in July, so I think that'll still be popular for a while, The Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, 
that uh, movie was not that popular. It was in 3D, and it's coming out on DVD very soon. So you might get more kids asking for that book series. Tangled, the animated feature from Disney, is based on Rapunzel. There was also a, a movie based on Gulliver's Travels with lots of modern things added starring Jack Black. You might have a few kids ask for Gulliver's Travels. The Chronicles of Narnia was in theaters at Christmas time, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And so when that comes out on DVD, you should have lots of readers for that. There's a book called Flipped that came out, and Nanny McPhee Returns. Look for both of those. And then I have a few more. Oh, Ramona and Beezus. That came out in late summer, and I think that is due out on DVD very soon. So you have people asking for those. Now, two, some movies coming out in theaters very soon are Incarceron, which is written by Catherine Fisher, and it stars Jacob Lautner from Twilight. You should have lots of fans of that. A new movie called I Am Number Four, based on the book by Pitticus Lore. That's coming out very soon, so you should have fans of that. So that's good. Both Incarceron and I, num and I Am Number Four are good for older tweens and teens. On August 12th, you have the old book, Mr. Popper's Penguins by Atwater. That's coming out starring Jim Carrey. And right now in production is a book called, is a movie called Hugo Cabret, but the book is called The Invention of Hugo Cabret by Brian Selznick. And that movie is being directed by uh, Martin Scorsese. So you probably will even have adults come and ask for that book. Other books for reluctant readers? Anything in the Captain Underpants series by Dave Pilkey. Once in a while you get a kid who says, I don't like reading anything, and the teacher says, I have to check a book out. Well, try to offer them Dave Pilkey's Captain Underpants series, and they usually are happy. Um, a new series by John Sheska called Space Heads is meeting great popularity, too. Space Heads is filled with gags and cartoons, and it's a transitional novel by the author of The Stinky Cheese Man and lots of other funny books. And it centers on a boy who goes to school with a mix of humans and aliens. Another good book to recommend to reluctant readers is The Buddy Files by Dory H. Butler. And a dog is the one telling the story. It's in easy chapters with pen and ink drawings. Now, as I said before, nonfiction can have great appeal to some reluctant readers. Also, some of the smartest kids in class, they prefer nonfiction. So we want to have something for them, too. One of the ones that um, I found everybody likes is Disasters, Natural and Man-Made Cat Catastrophes Through the Centuries by Brenda Guyberson. It has 10 events in history, including Hurricane Katrina and the Titanic, and they're described with abundant illustrations. I think biography is also a good nonfiction uh, topic you can recommend to reluctant readers if you find a book about somebody they like, whether it's an athlete, a pop star, or something like this. This is Sparky, The Life and Art of Charles Schultz by Beverly Gurman. It's a mix of photos, cartoon strips, and narrative about the life of the man behind Peanuts. So look in your biography section and see if you have something for reluctant readers. Poetry and fairy tale spoofs can also appeal to some reluctant readers. John, uh, Shel Silverstein, of course, is always still popular. And Jack Prelutsky has seemed to met equal popularity. His newest book is There's No Place Like School. 
It has lots of cartoon ink drawings mixed among, among the poems. Fairy tale spoofs have also been really popular. This is the B.B. Wolf series by Judy Sierra. And I mentioned earlier the book The Stinky Cheese, My, the, the Stinky Cheese Man by John Sheska. So any of those fairy tale spoofs I think um, reluctant readers will enjoy. Sometimes there's a criticism that we don't find enough books boys will like. But these are some books I know boys have liked. The John Feinstein Sports Mysteries, and his newest one is called The Rivalry, Mystery at the Army-Navy Game. Gary Paulson wrote a very classic book called The Hatchet, and that's one you can always recommend to boys. But once they've read that, they want some other books. So try Gary Paulson's Master of Disaster, which is about Henry and his two friends who investigate a murder, or the Lawn Boy series, Lawn Boy and Lawn Boy Returns, about a 12-year-old who makes lots of money investing in a boxer. And what's cool about the Lawn Boy series is there's a lot of math that's woven into the story. Another really popular book right, that's new right now is called Griff Carver Hallway Patrol by Jim Craig. It's a detective spoof about a counter counterfeit hall passes and it's in the style of those old enough to remember dragnet and joe friday just the facts ma'am zapato power is a new series by jacqueline jewels about a boy named freddie ramos freddie ramos who has sneakers who give him superpowers to run and jump so for those kids who like things like iron man uh x-men comics things like that offer the zapato power uh series and, of course, graphic novels are always popular. So if you're looking for graphic novels that are for younger than the teen audience, you want to go to this website, um, noflyingnotights.com slash sidekicks. Or if you go to noflyingnotights.com, they'll have a, a part on their menu where you click on sidekicks. And sidekicks is their area of comics and graphic novels that are pro appropriate for those under 8th grade like third through seventh, that some of the graphic novels are not appropriate for. So look for that. So that is basically what we have for doing reader's advisory, some new tips and tricks, um, and a genre. To uh, A question I get asked a lot is, what's a genre that you get a lot of requests for? Well, kids don't know the word genre. So you have to find out what's one of their favorite books, whether it's Harry Potter, an adventure story like Hatchet, a funny book like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And then, once you know that yourself, then you can go to some of those digital, digital tools and look in Novelist, Book Adventure, or even Amazon. Uh, a title that you hear a lot about and that kids need read-alikes for because they've read all the Harry Potters. They've read all the books by Percy Jackson. They've read all the Diary of a Wimpy Kids. So those are the ones I went over. But um, if anybody has others, my email's at the end of this PowerPoint. Be sure to email me. I write a newsletter that comes out once a month, uh, and it's on the website bayviews.org, and I'll put read-alikes on that newsletter every month. So if you email me a title, I'll be sure to find read-alikes for it. Um, the handouts are not at the end of the, there are, you're not going to see them at the end of this PowerPoint because the, uh, luckily they've been able to put them on the university, our department website. So if there's other questions, then.
I want to thank you. There's my email. So be sure to email if you have any thoughts, more questions, want more details. Just let me know.